Are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's great to be on board once again to talk about NHL hockey. Yes, sir. Talk about our Minnesota Wild. And we're going to, of course, talk about some updates with the coaching staff and such with the Wild. And ultimately, kind of wrap up the postseason with the, you know, the Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll talk a bit about that and such. Talk about the excitement with some of the new additions in the coaching staff and the comings and goings, that and such. Kind of getting caught up and wrapping up the regular season in that sense. After that, the next episode of Brave the Wild will be State of the Wild 2016. And I'll post on the Facebook page. I would like you guys to list out your uh, 26, well... 2005-15-2016, most valuable player, uh, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, all players if you could, but you could, maybe you could have an event for biggest surprise, I suppose, or, or disappointment, but uh, prefer players, but whatever it is, I'll put it on the Facebook page for Brave the Wild and such. We'll also get to some comments on there as well, so very cool, a nice variety here and there of where some of you guys are from. It's kind of neat, kind of neat indeed. So, Bruce Boudreau, which I kind of stumbled a bit on during the course of last episode, kind of annoyed me when I listened back to it for, you know, quality control. It's just fun. I just love the sound of my voice, but I also like to know that I'm doing things correctly, you know. It kept coming out like Bruce Boudreau, but it's Bruce Boudreau, and yeah, of course, you all know that, and I know that. Uh, you hear people doing the same thing on the on regular radio in town as well. Uh, it just comes out funny if you say it too fast, and all the similar the names are, all that, but yes, yeah, very exciting again to have Boudreau on board. So we'll talk about the additions, offensive and defensive additions. Of course, uh, I also mentioned uh, the departures. Daryl Sador, he's the defenseman, the former defenseman of the Dallas Stars, Tampa Bay Lightning, Los Angeles Kings. Actually, it was the LA Kings and Dallas Stars, not the Lightning. He might have been on the Lightning, I don't know. But it was the Kings and Stars for sure during the course of those days, back in the, the 90s and such, and early 2000s, I believe. Daryl Sidor. No longer going to be with the Wild. He's going to be replaced by another guy who was a defenseman who won a Stanley Cup uh, with the New Jersey Devils. In fact, he won three of them. And that's Scott Bleepin' Stevens, baby. Isn't that something? Scott Stevens will be coaching with Bruce... Bruce, see, there it goes again. Bruce Boudreaux and the Minnesota Wild. I mean, does it get much better than that? I mean, how, how cool is that? Scott freaking Stevens. I mean, I'm so excited. Uh, John Anderson will be coaching on the offensive side with the power play and such. We'll talk about him in a minute. Let's get to Scott Stevens first. Of course, uh, three Stanley Cups with the New Jersey Devils, 95, uh, 2000, uh, one, no, no, 2000, much to my chagrin when they beat the Dallas Stars. Damn it, because back then I actually wanted the Stars to win, if you can believe it. Now I can't even fathom that. But yeah, I was still kind of a North Stars fan because the Wild were still either just coming around and all that. And, uh... Again, they won in 2003 as well, which is kind of to our chagrin. Would have been nice if it was the Wild in that finals, and maybe we would have won. And back then it was called the finals. Now it's the final. But uh, great success for Scott Stevens over the course of a Hall of Fame career in the National Hockey League. He started way back in 83. Can you believe that? And he was still playing in 2003 when they won the Stanley Cup. That's That's insane. Absolutely crazy. Uh, he ended up retiring after that season. He won the Conn Smythe trophy in 2000. That's, of course, the MVP of the postseason. Uh, played for Canada in the 98 Winter Olympics. Just a, just an unbelievably illustrious career. I mean, you think about this guy, because you saw him play for as long as you did. You saw him play. Most of you are old enough to remember him as a player. Just imagine he was drafted in 1982. 
Isn't that crazy? Uh, fifth overall pick, so that's good. Where Cam Barker, remember, I don't know why I'm bringing him up, but it's like you think of defensemen. Just think of the start difference, though. When you pick a guy in the top five, Cam Barker, number three overall to the Blackhawks in the, uh, the early 2000s, and what kind of career he had in the NHL. Then you have Scott Stevens, fifth overall, 82, to the Washington Capitals in 1982. Crazy. Just a massive contrast. It's just, you just never know what you're getting. Uh, Matt Dumbo, of course, number seven. Hopefully he continues to develop. Maybe he can be another Brent Burns someday. Would be pretty amazing. Uh, where was it? Stevens appeared in a, uh, 879 regular season games in which his te- team was victorious. The second most in NHL history. That's uh, the team won. You know, that's how many games they won uh, over the course of his time. And another guy who played a lot, like, <laughs> played almost as long as... Uh, Gordy Howe, talk about him in a second too, very briefly. Uh, second most in NHL history to Tris Chelios, 8-94. He played into his mid-bleeping 40s, insane, 14th all-time in penalty minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, uh, but a crazy. His 20 years in the playoffs are tied for third all-time. 20 years in the playoffs. Amazing career for Scott Stevens. Ultimately, he most recently served as an, NA, as an analyst for NHL Network and returns to coaching after being named co-coach for the Devils. He was actually co-coaching with the Devils during uh, December 20, uh, during the, uh, the uh, middle of the season in 2014-15. Isn't that crazy? Uh, he was an assistant coach also in 12-14 with the Devils. Pretty crazy. So 22 overall seasons in the NHL. 22, not 20, but 22 seasons in the NHL. He was the captain of the Devils during those three championships. Just an awesome career. He played with Washington for a little while and got better in his time with the Devils. Very exciting, and welcome to the Minnesota Wild, Scott Stevens. Just amazing. Just amazing. Of course, knew uh, Jacques Lemaire pretty damn well because they won the Stanley Cup in 95. And he also knew uh, uh, Tom Chorsky as well, who got the Stanley Cup in 95. Very cool for him, you know, third line, fourth line guy out of Minnesota there, St. Cloud State in the uh, the college world. Uh, John Anderson comes in to help with the power play, more of a Boudreaux guy, where Boudreaux went outside the box to get Scott Stevens. It's kind of like when Mike Zimmer brought in Norv Turner, brought in a very familiar name to coach the other side of the puck. Bruce Boudreaux's specialty is offense. He's more of an offensive coach, but then you bring in Scott Stevens, I mean, who has a clue about defense, and you got to think he's the type of guy... He's the type of guy that could tell Orion Sutter to shut his mouth, you know, and that's important. And, of course, Bruce Boudreaux is more of a guy to tell people to shut their mouth and get them to do it than uh, Mikey O apparently was. So we're going to even talk about him here in a second, too, before we get into the postseason. Lots of uh, tentacles to this to this uh, episode, to be honest. It's not going to be the longest thing ever, but it's certainly going to have a lot of information bouncing all over the po- uh, place. John Anderson was the head coach of the Chicago Wolves of the AHL, a very familiar name out there. Of course, uh, Iowa Wild, yeah, you know, AHL. But yeah, Chicago Wolves have been around for quite a while, actually. Um, before that, he was, uh, before that, he served as, as an assistant coach of the Phoenix Coyotes for two seasons, head coach of the Atlanta Fra- uh, Thrashers, Thrashers, they're now the Winnipeg Jets, of course, two seasons in 08 to 10. Toronto, Ontario native ultimately went, wow, he had a <laughs> 614 record. He won 624 games versus. 368 losses in 14 seasons as the Wolves head coach from the 1997, wow, to 2008, and then 13 through 16. Pretty crazy. Um, they won the Calder Cup. 
And Turner Cup, yeah, because it was the Turner Cup. That was back in the IHL days. That's what I thought. I thought they were in the IHL with the Minnesota Moose. No, Manitoba Moose, just like how we got teased that year. We thought we were going to get the Minneapolis Jets. Just think they would have been called Minneapolis. That's kind of funny in the Target Center. So instead we lose out on the Minneapolis Jets, who went to Phoenix. And then, oh, guess what? Not only that, but now the Moose are moving to Winnipeg. Nah, 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 boo, boo. Manitoba. Adios, mother blankers. That's basically what happened to us. Uh, but yeah, that's where I know about the IHL because of the Minnesota Moose and, and such. <laughs> and yep, he got the 98 Turner Cup. Uh, he got the Calder Cup, which is the AHL Championship, three times. 08, 02, and 2000. That's pretty crazy. So more pedigree than Mike Yo with the uh, the uh, Houston Arrows. Because they were still the Houston Arrows at the time. Uh, lots of, lots of uh, minor league success down there. John Torchetti's moving on to the Detroit Red Wings, so that's where he's moving to be an offensive coach over there. More of an offensive-minded coach, i got to say, than defensive-minded. He'll be the John Anderson of the Detroit Red Wings, so congratulations to Don, John Torchetti. Too bad he won't be going back to the Iowa Wild because I think a lot of guys succeeded under him. A lot of players that weren't performing before performed very well under John Torchetti, so it's going to be interesting. Might end up being the new guy that ended up replacing Torchetti down there in Iowa, one of his assistants down there. We'll talk about him at some point later on because we're not really getting into the prospects on this episode. This is more NHL, NHL, NHL today. No AHL conversation in this case. Very illustrious career in the AHL. And there you go, a chance to be with the Wild here for a bit. Hopefully for a long time. Maybe even maybe even get a championship with the Wild. Wouldn't that be the happiest thing ever? Lots of good things need to need to happen. Lots of players need to step up and obviously play you know play a signi- significantly better for this team to compete for a championship. Um, it's crazy though how this team almost made it to the second round, but they would have probably they probably would have lost to the Blues considering how much better that Blues team was this season. Incredible uh, run for them that unfortunately came up short. We'll talk about that in segment number two, which also will wrap up with a fan interaction in that case. So we talked about Torchetti. Uh, we talked about the Wilds assistant coaches being added. Andrew Brunette is going back to the front office, which is where he was for about a season before he came down to help coach on the power play with Mike Yo. Uh, Darby Hendrickson holds over again. Uh, very cool. Very congratulations to him. He's a holdover all the way back from Todd Richards already, which seems like a, a, a while ago now, and it really was. Took over in 2009 when Chuck Fletcher became the general manager of the Wild. Todd Richards hired Darby Hendrickson, and he's been with the Wild ever since. Kind of cool how he hung on. Dan Wilson on his way out. He will be joining a certain guy in St. Louis. We'll talk about that in a second. We'll slow down here. We'll slow down for one second get back to him very shortly. I better not forget, right? Um, but that's the case there. Brunette back to the front office. Dan Wilson, oot. Daryl Sador, oot. Daryl Sador has not resurfaced yet, but Dan Wilson has in St. Louis. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, where else am I going now? Uh, yes, Henderson, Hendrick, Hendrickson has returned, uh, will be returning. Bob Mason will be sticking around. Kirk Olsen at this point, still strength and conditioning coach. So, there you go at this stage. Uh, no change there at this stage. So, congratulations to the new hires and also continued congratulations to the men that were able to stick around. Darby Hendrickson sticking around again. I'm very happy for him. And he has done a very good job with the Wild in the, in the course of time. He has deserved to stick around. So let's get to the uh, the other guy. Remember him? You know, the guy that said, this is how we practice after a loss. The guys aren't ready to go. Wait, no. Up. 
Yeah, except, you know, I, I try to be semi-family friendly. This is semi-family friendly. It's a PG to PG to PG-13 type of show. You're going to get a little bit of slight language. I'll try not to drop F-bombs, though, if possible. Try not to. Maybe I'll drop a BS once in a while, an SOB once in a while, but I try to be careful about it. But, uh, yeah, the guy, I just love to imitate. I love to imitate Mike Yo. And talking about Suter being gassed, you know, he was gassed out there. So, uh, he had a tough time on that play. Couldn't couldn't handle the couldn't handle the breakaway. He was gassed. Suter was gassed. Well, Mike Yo, yeah, that might be something you might want to learn out there in the future. Is uh, you know, don't let the don't let your defenseman dictate how much playing time he gets, regardless how much money he's making, regardless what what type of pull he has in the locker room. Because if he has that much pull, you're gonna lose the locker room, Mister. Um, so Mike Yo, I think has learned a lesson in that case. I think Mike Yo is a pretty good coach. He 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 knows he knows this and that, but he didn't manage certain veterans very well, and of course stubborn on a lot of areas as well. And if you were in his doghouse, you were bleeped. And Eric Hall's improvement during the course of the season are done. John Torchetti, I hope will continue on our Bruce Boudreau, and I'd fact frankly would be shocked if it didn't. I think Bruce Boudreau will make him even better, and I couldn't be happier about that. Very cool, uh, Scott Stevens. Is going to kick uh, Ryan Suter's butt, and if he doesn't, I'll be quite shocked. But he also could kick some of the others' butts too. Why not get get Marco Scandella back in order again? He was he was disappointing this year. He had a death of his father. Ryan Suter had a death of his father. Zach Parisi had a death of his father. Uh, those Suter and Parisi were the previous year, but kind of late uh, in that case. Uh, Scandella was this year. Just a really down rough year. A lot of death with some important players on the roster. With their their parents dying, their father dying. Like that sucks. And you just hope hope it you know hope it gets to a point where it's not affecting them as much. You're never going to stop missing somebody, but you just hope it doesn't affect your career. It's a shame that it took that uh, that took place with Scandella, and you hope he can come back ready and willing in the uh, 16 and 17 season and with Scott Stevens kicking that defensive course butt around just a little bit. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be freaking awesome. I mean, that's one of the best defensemen of all time, joining your coaching staff. Can't hurt. It can't hurt, especially when you needed a voice, like a big, like a big, big-time veteran type of guy in that locker room to take care of some of that nonsense going on. But uh, hopefully now Bruce Boudreau can get Zach Parisi to uh, cooperate in a better in a better way. Than Mike Yo apparently did. Um, now that I mentioned Mike Yo 16 times, I didn't even mention. Yes, he is going to the St. Louis Blues. He flirted around with the Calgary Flames, and it, it seemed to be like the poss- there was a possibility he was going to be the Flames coach. But that's not a very secure job. Uh, there's always a possibility you're going to get canned at some point with that team. It's got guys just don't seem to hang around very long. And that's a shame. Um, you're not really sure what direction that franchise is headed. They have some nice young players, but they always sign these veterans who take up some cap space. They get major playing time, 30, 31, 33-year-old type of guys. And it's like, what direction is this team going? I like the Calgary Flames. That's why I know a bit more about them. Uh, they have some nice promising up-and-comers. They even have Mikhail Cranlin's younger brother on the roster. Not sure how positive his career is going to be, but it's not that bad. But they keep, they're kind of like the Phoenix Suns are to the NBA. They sign these veterans, and it doesn't make sense sometimes, because they're not like super good veterans, and they're a lot older. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's just like, what direction are they going? And you might end up getting fired two to three years from now. And Mike Yo didn't really necessarily feel confident in that. Anaheim, not sure what's, what was going on with that one. Maybe he could have gone there, maybe not. But it seemed like immediately when he was hired, the Anaheim Ducks uh, brought back 
Randy Carlisle, uh, he's going back to the Anaheim Ducks again. They won the Stanley Cup before Bruce Boudreaux took over, and Carlisle ultimately was fired later on when the team declined, and Boudreaux came in from the Washington Capitals, kind of just changed uh, changed horses in the middle of the stream there, left Washington where things were struggling. It was kind of a coaching carousel midseason. Ducks uh, were way better the next year under Bruce Boudreaux. Carlisle went out of Toronto, not so much going on there, but uh, back to Anaheim again. Only in hockey, right? Only in hockey. And like, you never know. Like they even mentioned that on uh, on one of the one of the local shows here that uh, you never know. Maybe Mike Yo will wind up. I believe it was Judd Zolgad. Mike Yo might wind up with the Wild again. Who knows one day, like five years down the road. Who knows? H- hockey's funny. You just never know. I don't recommend it, though. I, I think uh, let him let him develop uh, with his new group. Uh, he is the associate coach of the St. Louis Blues. Signed a four-year contract with the... Very strong understanding this is again Hitchcock's final season as head coach of the St. Louis Blues, and Mike Yo will take over the St. Louis Blues. That's uh that's interesting. St. Louis Blues, I mean that's a pretty big rival there. You know, so you're gonna see a lot more of Mike Yo, you know, coaching the the St. Louis Blues is gonna be intense. Gonna be very intense. So and it's not a I'm not trying to knock a Canadian accent. I, I, I just love that guy's voice. And you know what? I like Canadian accents, so don't get too mad at me, all right? Give, give, give me a little slack here. I'm having fun. Got to enjoy something sometimes. And Mike Yo had a, just, I don't know, some of the some of the ways he talked. It was kind of funny. <laughs> oh, and Studer was gassed. That kind of made me mad, though. I think it made some other people mad as well. Oh, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. Don't get me started anymore. I got to calm down. Oh. Some of the Kool-Aid drinkers out there, though, and some of those fan pages, I gotta tell you, on Facebook, some of the stuff I was reading, you know, like, you're ripping, you know, for for getting anybody who ripped Devin Dubnik for his performance in this postseason and during the course of the, during the season, but particularly in the postseason, anybody that would dare to rip Devin Dubnik is not a fan and needs to STFU, you know, just cursing people out. And you're not a fan at all. You need. I forget exactly what exactly what he said. It just kept going on and on and on. He wasn't directing it at me because I didn't even comment. I just saw it as I'm scrolling down, and I, my jaw hit the floor. Really? I mean, so you have no right to criticize a guy that underachieved this season. You paid him a big load of money, and you know, I understand you're not going to get the same performance you got last year. Last year was a flash in a pan, and that's why you hope and pray you can ride it and win a Stanley Cup. Uh, I mean, you know, in a situation like that, like Madison Bumgarner, I often compare Boudreaux or Boudreaux. I often compare Dubnik's performance uh, season before last. Now you could say now that the season's totally dead from for everybody, uh, but season before last to Madison Madison Bumgarner of the uh, San Francisco Giants. I mean, you can't really beat it. They just rode that guy and they won the, the World Series against a red hot Royals team. On the road in Game 7. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. And Devin Dumnik was playing good enough. He could have maybe beaten a red-hot team to win a Stanley Cup. But, unfortunately, that Blackhawks team was a buzzsaw at the time. And uh, there was a new buzzsaw this year. A pretty unexpected one, considering. But it just kept building up strength during the course of the season. As I'm about to segue into that next uh, segment to talk about the NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, and such. But uh, to get that type of Kool-Aid drinking out there, that's what drives me nuts about this place. You guys, Minnesota fan, Wild fans, Timberwolves fans are very, very, very guilty as well. Twins fans were very, very guilty of this as well during the course of their playoff division championship seasons. That type of attitude is why we don't win championships in this town. You got to raise your expectations a little bit. You know, 
I've been compared to a New York personality versus a Minnesota personality. And you know what? I agree. I am a New York personality. And that's why I don't always get loved on these Facebook pages. In fact, I get torn apart sometimes on those Timberwolves pages. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it, man. I mean, you'd think I should join into politics the way they constantly attack somebody they don't, you know, you don't completely agree with. You know what? Relax a little bit, people. You know, sometimes someone that uh, gets a little bit <laughs> intense with what they have to say might have might have a good point once in a while. You know, once in a while, just get let's let's go there. As long as you're not openly ripping Dubnik and saying he's the worst goalie ever, cut him. It's not. Yeah, I, I doubt too many people were saying that, but hmm. he gave up a lot of softies. He did. So let's stop for now before I keep dragging this out. Let's get to the second segment. Let's talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs and then wrap things up with that fan interaction. wrap up the postseason and get to the fan interaction and then send you off into, well, send you off into the time in between now and State of the Wild 2016, which shouldn't be too far from now. In fact, I was almost considering turning this show into State of the Wild 2016. I almost could, but no, I mean, I might as, might as well wrap up the play, uh, might as well wrap up the playoffs. I almost could have, couldn't I? That's okay, though. It's probably better to push things a little bit closer to the draft and such. Maybe even right after the draft, as that's coming up very, very soon here. So we'll probably do it after the draft. That way we can have two segments, kind of split things up that way. Uh, season wrap-up, first segment, draft, second segment. Yeah, there you go. Pre-season, uh, free agency uh, preview, all that too, if humanly possible anyway. So let's go to that Eastern Conference uh, Finals. That's where we left off. I predicted uh, Pittsburgh would beat Tampa Bay. But I was really hoping for the Lightning, and I knew they could do it. Very talented team. Tampa Bay starting off things very nicely. Winning 3-1 to one in that first game made me very confident. Beating Pittsburgh on the road. Uh, the, the goalie that took play, that kind of took over there. Very strong performance, ultimately, for him with a Ben Bishop being injured. Andrea Vasilvesky. I can't even say it right, but that's close enough. <laughs> Vasilvesky, oh man, he is just, uh, he he did an absolutely fantastic job, and he did the best he could to, uh, under the circumstances. He definitely earned his way to, uh, he has definitely earned him some money in the offseason here. Very strong, ultimately. Looked like Tampa Bay might even take a 2 nothing lead on the, uh, winning the two games on the road. That'd be extremely impressive, but then Sidney Crosby clutch, ultimately 40 seconds into overtime. Uh, the Lightning Unable to take the, uh, unable to get it done there. Pittsburgh winning again, and they take a two to one lead in the series. The Lightning grind it out back and forth. Tampa Bay grind it out back to back games. They take a three to two lead again after winning four to three, winning in overtime in Pittsburgh again. Another road victory for Tampa Bay, which did give you hope. You thought Tampa Bay, man, could they close out the Penguins? But the Penguins then came back to play in that sixth game, five to two. Just nothing you could do. They just came up and sh- they showed why. They're a Stanley Cup contender this year, despite me, myself, and many other people seeing them as a team that had underachieved with all that talent and such. And you think Phil Kessel, a guy who kind of made a jerk of himself in Toronto uh, for a while there, helping Randy Carlisle get fired and such. But 
Maybe he was misunderstood, huh? Maybe he was misunderstood. Really performed extremely well with the Penguins all season. Things go from what you thought would be a complete mess in the locker room to a very good locker room and an extremely talented team. It's just everything went right for that Penguins 5-2 to victory. And then you had a grinded-out Game 7 with the Penguins out last Tampa Bay at a 2-1 to victory in Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay, you can imagine their confidence was pretty strong. They'd already won two road games in the series but could not finish the job in Console Energy Center. I just kind of had a feeling Pittsburgh's going to win the Cup, but you never know what the Sharks didn't. St. Louis, not the same team out there, man, And in this series. Yeah, they got it out in one game one, but you just knew. You just had a feeling when the Sharks kicked their butts 4 nothing in game two and then took a 2-1 took a to lead in the series after a 3 nothing victory over the, over the Blues. Back-to-back games, back-to-back shutouts. The Blues, at the end of the day, Two goals in three games, that's not good. That's not good at all. The Blues definitely struggling. Ultimately, the Sharks look like a much better team. Look like the faster team, more physical team, more talented team. As strong as the Blues looked against those Dallas Stars and how they outlasted the Blackhawks, impressive as it gets. But the Sharks were just clearly the better team, and it made you think, man, maybe the Sharks are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. All this talent, the team of destiny, could they be the ones... Uh, the Blues surprised you a bit there, scoring six goals, massively making up for it in that fourth game. Very crazy. And then the Sharks, they'll come right back, right away in Scott Trade Center. You thought this is the Blues' chance to take a lead in the series, maybe even win the thing. Nah, just nothing of it. Just nothing of it, man. After a 6-3 win, taking a 3-2 lead, going into the Shark Tank, or SAP Center, actually. <laughs> you knew the Blues were in trouble, and they ultimately were. They just took command in that game and beat the, uh, the the Blues. See, the thing was, the Blues were doing just fine in Scott Trade Center. They even had a lead in that game, by the way, in, the, in Game 5, but then things just went sour. I mean, it was a 3-3 three three game. Next thing you know, it's a 6-3 game. Of course, the Blues giving up empty net at the, uh, late, late in the game. It's that same situation for the Sharks also as well. So, to be fair, six goals isn't really six goals. There's empty net business going on there. Same thing in Game number 6, where the Sharks ultimately won the Campbell, the Clarence Campbell Trophy. Yep, remember the Campbell Conference? Remember the Clarence Campbell Conference? You guys remember that? You better, you better, you sons of guns, because it wasn't always the Western Conference. It was the Campbell Conference, and you had teams from wherever in that conference. You could have, a, I mean, you had Montreal and Toronto in the Campbell Conference for, for a while there. You had Boston in the Campbell Conference even. Even the, you know, in the Adams Division, all that. It was so cool. I kind of miss all that. But, well, it, it's over now. It's been over for a while. Let's go to that Prince of Wales conference. Well, of course, the Penguins ultimately won that, the Prince of Wales trophy. And, uh, well, by the way, also, Sidney Crosby saying, I don't care about uh, I don't care about any tradition, and he held that trophy, the Prince of Wales trophy, and it proved to not be a curse for the Penguins, didn't it? Did it? Penguins and Sharks, Stanley Cup final. Oh, they've even called it finals. <laughs> they even call it finals in some places, and in other places they called it the final. You're on my cheat sheet as you see the up and down deal. Pittsburgh Penguins, you just kind of got a feeling. I mean, early on, why? what happened to the Sharks here? I mean, you had so much talent. They looked like such a better team, but the Penguins, just, I mean, I'm telling you, this team, every time the Sharks... This is now, by the way, the Chris Porter Finals. And I was, I could still call it that at some point. I was going to call the title that. I still might call the title that. 
Chris Porter finals? I might. <laughs> For the episode, I might as well. <sighs> I don't know if I call the title of the episode, but I'll still call it the Chris Porter finals. Now, these are his clubs. Chris Porter out there, the most loyal, classic listener for Brave the Wild. The first listener with a face out there that I've ever met for Brave the Wild. He goes all the way back to the beginning of this show. Huge shout out to you over there in Boise, Idaho. He's from Pittsburgh. He's been in North Carolina, or North Carolina. He's been in Northern California, pardon me. So he's a fan of both of these clubs. And I went the other direction. I went in St. Louis and Tampa. Well, it didn't go either way. And Pittsburgh just, you know, the the way they outlasted that Tampa Bay team, it really tells me Tampa Bay might have won the Stanley Cup. Though who, who knows? I mean, maybe they just wouldn't have matched up well with the Sharks. But that Tampa team is a really son of a gun. And the Penguins barely got past them. And I mean barely got past that club. Heartbreaker for them. Very strong backup goalie. And, of course, Ben Bishop's a very good goalie as well. Sharks just, just, the Penguins just smothered these sons of bitches. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Pardon my French. Just smothered them. And I was cheering for the Sharks in this series. I mean, it took forever for Brent Burns to do anything. I mean, it got game five it took. The the freaking Sharks didn't even lead in this series until the overtime goal. That's not having a lead. That's scoring a goal in overtime. Okay? So at least you scored. They didn't even lead in, in a game until game five which told you this thing is screwed. I mean, the Sharks had a wonderful Game 5, 4-2 victory, but, they, you know, you lose a close one, you think they're going to be fine, you lose another close one, and it's like, oh boy, that could be a harbinger for a heartbreak for the Sharks. Remember how the LA Kings lost a couple overtime games to the Montreal Canadiens way back in 93? And it just kept happening and happening, and then ultimately the Kings didn't even, the Kings won Game 1 of that series and lost the next four. That, that was all she wrote, man. I mean, that was it. The Sharks luckily got the overtime victory, like I said, June 4th, Game 3 in SAP Center, took, taking care of business at home, but then the Shark, Penguins come right back to like a 3-1 to one lead in the series, much to everyone's chagrin in San Jose and SAP Center. 3-1 to one lead in the series, 3-1 to one victory, it just kind of said a lot. Sharks win 4-2, to two, but unfortunately the Penguins would win 4-2 to two in the series as the Sharks again. Just the passing lanes were taken away every time something was going on with the Sharks. There was a, a Pittsburgh Penguin defender or forward, whatever it was, coming up and knocking that puck away. Knocking the puck loose. Sidney Crosby was dominant the whole series. Uh, Malkin was unbelievable. Lendering Pawlowski. Joel Pawlowski, I mean, you almost forgot about him. Like, who's Joel Pawlowski? Vlasic wasn't much of a factor. Burns wasn't run, was rendered almost useless until later on there in that fifth game. What happened to Brent Burns? I mean, the Char- Penguins just absolutely shut him down. Couldn't get anywhere. And even you saw some mistakes along the way. And some frustrating goals given up, even though, man, (laughs) even though Jones of San Jose was absolutely unbelievable in game number five, keeping the Sharks in the series. Andy Murray, though, despite giving up a softy along the way, the one that, the one in game number three, which you thought maybe this is the series changer after Murray, Matt Murray, pardon me, gave up that goal. I'm getting it mixed up with somebody else, pardon me. Matt Murray gave up that goal. It was kind of it was kind of a softy shoot the puck a little high from a distance and it went past him and you thought okay maybe the sharks solved it but ultimately it didn't matter Murray got the job done I thought he was going to get the Consmite Trophy in the series particularly some unbelievable saves in that sixth game along the way a three to one victory for the Penguins just the sharks rendered useless that offense defense skills Penguins were just the faster team out there. Every time the puck is uh, you know they would always beat they would always win the puck battles you know the wall. There's the wall, but there's also just the race to the puck. Simply, whoever has the puck more, there's a pretty good chance. And every time the Shark, you know, it's called puck possession, yeah. But every time the Sharks looked like they had something going, 
Somebody from Pittsburgh is knocking that puck away, raising their sticks, all that stuff, getting, you know, tangling up the Sharks. And, and it just would go the other way. Maybe Pittsburgh wouldn't score, but the Sharks certainly wouldn't score, would they? Just a just a disappointment for San Jose. You thought they were going to get this this year. It really looked like it. And the guy I feel by far the most sad for is not Brent Burns, not Pavelski, but Joe Thornton. I mean, grinded out for so many years, so many great seasons. Number one overall pick back in 97 for the Boston Bruins. Strong career. Played on some good teams, though they never seemed to live up to the hype. Penguin uh, Sharks for 10 years back in 06. 10 bleeping years of the Sharks. So many great seasons. So many promising seasons. And this was finally the year. They went to the finals. It just wasn't meant to be. And you could just see the tears in his eyes and other members of the Sharks as well. Just did not work out for them. Sidney Crosby ultimately will get, uh, did get the Consumite Trophy after a very strong postseason, obviously. Multiple Shark players, though. Three Shark players led the uh, postseason in scoring. Phil Kessel actually led the Penguins in scoring. Crosby with 20 uh, or 19 points, 6 goals, 13 assists. Just very clutch along the way. Malker with 18 points. Bonino was very valuable as well for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Latang valuable. Phil Kessel actually, again, was the leading scorer for the Penguins. The Sharks, though, multiple leading scorers. Oh, the Brent Burns with 24 points in the playoffs. 24 points in the playoffs. Matt Dumba. <laughs> Matt Dumba had about, had about 24 points for the season. Now, he's young and getting started, and that was Brent Burns a while ago. I remember 25 points. You thought, oh, that's pretty strong. 24 points in 24 playoff games. Sheesh, man. That's a defense, and by the way, yeah. But Sidney Crosby ended up getting the Smythe Trophy. I thought Murray should have got it. I, 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 You know, Murray was damn, damn good. He really carried this team for the Shire, uh, Penguins. God bless him, but a flurry... I almost called him Theron Fleury, the former uh, the former uh, Mark Andre Fleury. Yep, but I almost called him Theron Fleury, the former Calgary Flame and such uh, Colorado Avalanche. But I'll always remember him as a Flame guy. <laughs> Funny name there. Um, but uh, Murray was unbelievable. If Fleury was the goalie, Penguins don't win the cup. They probably don't beat the Lightning. They probably don't. Might even lose to Washington, even though Washington's always got the choke ability. Penguins just, man, Murray, I think Murray should have got the Conn Smythe Trophy, but it's like it's Sidney Crosby, he's the face of hockey, and he was very clutch along the way, really picked up his game when he needed to, but doggone it, Murray should have got that freaking trophy, man, I, I don't know, um, he should have got, he should have got the Conn Smythe Trophy, I, I swear, because when Fleury was in there against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, they didn't win the game, he got beat pretty badly, actually, well, not badly, but he got beat in that game, ultimately, so, that was game number four, if I remember correctly. Yep, four to three victory for the Lightning. Things, unfortunately, kind of changed along the way there. Because they went back with Murray, and then Pittsburgh just kind of took over the series and won it. Much to my chagrin. I wanted Tampa Bay. I really liked that team. I would have picked them over St. Louis to win the Cup. I would have wanted them to. But uh, it just wasn't meant to be. Martin Jones, very strong, though. He did what he could. I don't think he was that bad. You know, he did. He was better than Devin Dubnik. You know, I mean, that's for sure. Brian Elliott was better than Dubnik most of the way as well. But the Sharks made him look kind of bad out there. And Jake Allen was not so hot either. He he was disappointing. Jake Allen, I don't know. I mean, uh, he was the goalie of the future for the longest time for St. Louis. Or not the longest time, but the last couple of years. But I'm not that impressed. Uh, Brian Elliott was much more of a reason why the St. Louis Blues went to the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 2001, where they lost 
to the Colorado Avalanche, the team of destiny that year. Sharks ultimately not the team of destiny. Looks like the Stanley Cup Finals in a lot of ways was that epic and close, unbelievable Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh series. Pittsburgh Penguins, very deserving of the Stanley Cup Championship. Congratulations, Chris Porter. That's the team he ultimately wanted to win over his two favorite teams. Trying not to cough to death here, pardon me. But uh, ultimately a powerful performance by the Penguins. Again, knocking the just getting clutch goals, making big plays, making something out of nothing, turning a sharks, turning what looked like a sharks uh, opportunity into a into a penguins opportunity, and despite the fact sharks eat penguins, you know the penguins ate the sharks this time. I mean they they were fantastic. Andy Murray again, I'll say for the 99th time, should be the Smythe Trophy winner. But you got you got Mister uh, Crosby with some clutch plays along the way, and being the face of hockey. I guess they kind of had to do what they had to do. Unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, that one bugs me a little bit, though. Maybe I should calm down, huh? Maybe I should calm down. Mm. Matt Murray, man, strong performance. Mm. Not as good as Holtby, which is funny. Not as good as Ben Bishop. Roberto Luongo, never. He, you know, he, he's never clutched. But yeah, Martin and Murray were pretty close, by the way. Uh, okay, enough. But um, congratulations again to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Congratulations. A well-deserved Stanley Cup championship. A team that really showed what they can do. The fourth Stanley Cup in the history of the Pittsburgh Penguins, by the way. That's impressive. Uh, that's a big deal. Four Stanley Cup championships? That's a lot, man. I mean, you, you, it sucks that we had to give the the very first Stanley Cup went to Pittsburgh via the Minnesota North Stars. Just, you know, they were playing very strong. They took a 2-1 lead in that series, and then just the bottom went out of the rink, as the Basil McRae once said in the uh, Shooting Stars video. Some of you may remember that one. Circa 91, 92-ish. When that bastard Norm Green changed the logo for the North Stars, in fact, because that logo was on that video, even though the North Stars were wearing the end the whole video, of course, because that was 1991. Wonderful, wonderful playoff run for the North Stars came up very short as things went way, way wrong in the final three games in that series, and that sixth game was the worst of all. Penguins win their first Stanley Cup, big time, beat the Blackhawks. The next year, sweep them. Just knock them right out of there. I was actually cheering for them that year. I'm not cheering for no Blackhawks. <laughs> Ultimately, man. Because I, I wanted to see... It's, it's, so I guess this marked the second time I wasn't cheering for the Penguins in the finals. I was cheering for them over the Detroit. No, the, the, the... Yeah, second time I wasn't cheering for them. I cheered for them over the Detroit twice. You know, the back-to-back Stanley Cup finals. 08, Penguins beat the... Uh, or excuse me, the Detroit Red Wings beat the Penguins in the finals. Just a great series. Young team versus older team. Two just phenomenal teams. Back-to-back. 2009, looked like Detroit might win it again. And then the Penguins forced the seventh game and they outlast the uh, Detroit Red Wings in the seventh game in in, uh, in in Detroit. Just Joe Louis Arena. Just unbelievable performance there. Fantastic uh, performance in Hockey Tower. Penguins getting their third Stanley Cup overall. Sidney Crosby's first. Still a young up-and-comer at that stage. Now you got four championships in Pittsburgh. So Mario Lemieux, a big smile on his face. Big, strong performance. And Andy Murray at age 20. I keep calling him Andy Murray. Matt Murray at age 22, overcoming a few goals there that could have really shook his psyche. Because remember, that happened to Roberto Luongo years ago. Luongo wasn't as young as Matt Murray. No way. Uh, that's when the Boston Bruins went on to win the Stanley Cup back in 11. In 11. In 11. That came out funny. But, um... <clears throat> Yeah, Matt Murray, Mm-mm-mm. great, great job along the way. Very clutch against a very good Pittsburgh, uh, uh, very good uh, San Jose team. But of course, credit 
the many Pittsburgh forwards and defensemen making big plays, knocking the puck loose every time the Sharks thought something was happening. I repeated myself too many times, didn't, haven't I? So let's get to fan interaction, if and when I ever can. If humanly possible, it would be great if I could ultimately do that. Uh, the Facebook page ultimately for Brave the Wild is facebook.com forward slash brave the wild dot Minnesota. Facebook.com forward slash brave the wild dot Minnesota. The Twitter is at brave the wild at brave the wild. Do give that a follow. Uh, so as we scroll around, I posted about the wild assistance. Wilson and Sidor won't be back. Just a like there. No responses. Uh huh. And then I posted up the Seattle. Metropolitans. I had to post this because look how similar the Seattle Metropolitans color scheme was to the Wild. It's insane. Forest green. Uh, the 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 harvest red, or no, the harvest wheat. Harvest wheat, and then that that red. I, I forget exactly what we call the red. I don't know why, but it's the exact red, the exact wheat, and the exact forest green. And this was like 1910-ish, you know, back when a sweater was a sweater. You know, that kind of that long sleeve sweater look. And it was stripes all over, kind of similar to the stripes the Minnesota Wild wore when they were kind of making their uniforms look like the North Stars, a teeny tiny bit. You know, that red-white wheat kind of look, the red-white stripes. Seattle Metropolitans looked exactly like the Wild, but in 1910, I guess. Yeah, uh, that's funny. I mean, the color scheme was exactly the same. <laughs> and this is like 100 years ago, man. Oh, man, we got some people on there. Andy Sheriff, even. Yep, old buddy from Maranatha Christian Academy. Hopefully he's a listener. I hope so. Uh, Brenna Hamlin, who hopefully is a listener. Maybe. That name sounds very familiar from Twitter as well. She says, good God, that's hideous looking. And I was saying how it's from the 20s originally. She says, remind me of a Christmas Where's Waldo sweater. And, you know, it looked exactly like what a Christmas Where's, Where's Waldo sweater would look like, doesn't it? Uh, Brenna continues saying, all I can do is shake my head and think somebody got paid for designing that. But I will remind you, Brenna, this was like a hundred years ago. <laughs> um, they, I don't know if they were really into fashion back then. It's just like, this is our jersey or this is what we're, this is our uniform. But oh, well, you know, uh, then I post about the Scott Stevens joining and Anderson joining as well. No comment there. Let's get to the visitor posts if I can, uh, if that's humanly possible, right? We got a. Uh, I guess there aren't any. Um, no, there aren't. I haven't gotten any responses since then. Quick shout out to Chance Costick as well, brother-in-law for my my brother's my brother's marriage, of course. So he's you know he's he's my brother's wife's brother, Chance Costick, also a big rock and roll guy. <laughs> Bringing those patches out there as well. Uh, why am I forgetting the name now? Oh my goodness. Kind of cool-looking patches. A little creepy with that, that all-seeing eye in the middle, though. That's the only part I don't like too much. <laughs> Maybe I'll look off. What's the... Just to give a shout-out to the ba- that band, might as well. Uh, where is it? Damn it. It's right in there somewhere. Look at that son of a guns. <laughs> well, well, I'm waiting for that. I'll also mention... Okay, yeah, even further. That's what it is. Even further. There you go. Only five bucks for those patches. So there's a nice shout-out for you. <laughs> so, ultimately, want to thank you guys so much for listening to this show. Please do recommend it to your friends out there if you could. You could call into the phone line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Brave the Wild and do your statement, shout-out, comment, whatever it is. And please, again, post 
on the Facebook page if you could. Join it, like the like the Facebook page, follow the Twitter. It's always welcome. And uh, sound, excuse me, audio submissions are welcome as well. If you don't want to call this that Skype number, just send an audio submission. You get The voice recorders are on basically every smartphone out there. That's all you got to do is turn it on. And then email me at brave, the, uh, excuse me, at... <laughs> Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. So there you go. In that sense, again, can't say enough about how well the Penguins played. Even though I wasn't cheering for them against Tampa Bay or against San Jose, they deserved the championship big time. I don't hate the Penguins at all. I'm still bitter about 91, but then again, yeah, not really. <laughs> and I always liked Mario Lemieux a lot. So just hated the way he dominated the hell out of us in that series. That was quite a shame. Quite a rotten shame. But um, I'm trying to look for something else to say. I swear there's something in there that I'm going to be kicking myself later. But I can't remember what it is right now. Please do write a positive review for I, on iTunes for Brave the Wild. We could always use that in a big way. And, of course, Stitcher as well would be greatly, greatly appreciated. I'll give you a nice positive shout-out on the show if you're able to do that. Uh, other, I think there was one other shout-out I wanted to give out there. But uh, to my friends in Australia as well out there. And, of course, Tanae Brown often listens to the show. Oh, here we go. I knew there was something else, too. Here we go. I knew there was something else. Uh, Yeah, there's a couple other things. I'm going crazy. Uh, Gordy Howe also. Yeah, no kidding, right? Gordy Howe was dead at 88. And I'd like to give him a quick moment of silence. Thank you, Gordy Howe, for many years of amazing hockey with the Detroit Red Wings. And my second favorite team of all time, the Hartford Whalers. Regardless if it's the North Stars, Wild, or the Hartford Whalers, Calgary Flames, man. Just always love those four teams right there. <laughs> North Stars, not Dallas Stars, but Gordy Howe. Uh, rest in peace. Kind of a deteriorating uh, health conditions there with the stroke and aftermath of that. God bless Gordy Howe. An amazing career. Played until he was in his early 50s. Insane. Had 15 goals at age 51. And you thought it was amazing to see Chris Chelio suiting over the Atlanta Thrashers at age 46. And he was barely functional at that stage. Gordy Howe, all the way up to 51, even played with his, his uh, sons out there on a line. That's crazy. Absolutely amazing, Gordy Howe. Massive respect to Gordy Howe. I'm not going to go long into his statistics and such. Maybe I could bring it up on another show. But um, God bless Gordy Howe indeed. And plus, it's probably been rehashed to death on several other shows around as well. But uh, an amazing career indeed for him. Uh, also, we'll congratulate the city of Las Vegas, who unofficially, officially will join the National Hockey League. Yeah, I knew there was more stuff to get to. So I do apologize if you're wondering why I'm already wrapping up the show and you're going to see more minutes still uh, in your, on your uh, audio device, be it iTunes or whatever, you know, Apple iTunes or Double Twist or Stitcher. But... Um, yeah, congratulations to Las Vegas. I hope they stick with that name, Black Knights. That would be very cool. And uh, go ahead and take uh, Jason Zucker with you. If you, you might as well if we're going to leave him unprotected, right? <laughs> Odds are he would be left unprotected. I'd be quite shocked if he isn't, unless Boudreaux sees something that's crazy. But yeah, I was telling, talking about Mike Yo, St. Louis Blues associate head coach to Ken Hitchcock. Uh, Brad Johnson, I don't think he's the former Viking quarterback, but she says, what do you think, Mara? Mara? responded with, I think it sucks, at least at this moment, Benny Russell out of Australia, letting me know. It says, wonder how long it'll take Tarasenko or however you spell it, how long it'll take for him to be in the doghouse. And yeah, that's the one thing about Mike Yo, doghouse baby. 
There's always that possibility. Benny Russell and Daniel Allen, thank you guys so much for your support of this show. God bless you, <laughs> Australia. Oh, man, you know, and I still, I, I, I just, you know, it's always, always appreciated. Tene Brown out of New Zealand. Vince Germano listens to this show at times as well in Australia. I mean, thank you guys so much. Really, uh, your listenership means a lot. Actually, he's from South Wales. South Wales is where Benny Russell is from. My, my apologies there. Benny, uh, uh, Daniel Allen is from, Daniel Allen is from Australia. So thank you guys so much for your support of the show. Keep posting on there. Keep interacting. It's always welcome. So with that, I will wrap things up now. Apologize for the goofiness there at the end. It's like you have everything there and then it just kind of like disappears and moves around and slides around. You think that's it and it's not it. So I do apologize for that. It goes uh, pretty much just about everybody that's done a show has had that happen at times. So thanks again, particularly in the fan interaction part of the show. So thanks again for your inclusion. And, well, we'll be back in maybe week, two weeks. or Well, maybe not a week. Well, who knows? Maybe a week, maybe three weeks for State of the Wild 2016. Do, again, remember to participate for that. It would be very helpful indeed to the, for this show. Until then, do take care, everybody.